You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Del Torre. Same corner, same time. We back at it. We got Nick this week. Nick, welcome back, my guy. Thank you. A little cafecito. Uh, back at it. And uh, I'll be in Omaha this Dan week. Dan wrote you up to HR, by the way. Yep. Um, you know, a little mm. unexcused absence. <laughs> excused delay, unexcused absence, you know? No call, mm. no show, you know? Mm. No no call, no show. <laughs> Usually that's that, automatic that's firing, man. I don't guys, know. Guys just unreliable. Yeah, it, you know? Check this guy. It brings report. back some old memories, huh, Silk? Yeah, yeah. I've definitely been canceled from no call, no shows in my restaurant, well, wait, waiter life, server life. Oh, man. How's everybody's weekend? Good? I've had I had a chill weekend. Got out to the seafood fest out down here in Rivera, uh, which was pretty cool. So I got outside a little bit. Outside of the decommit, man, like vibrations was great. You know, I was having a good time before the decommit. Mm. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get a little bit into that, Nick. I know you're at the baseball diamond. We'll get into that a little bit too. But you, uh, you have you have a trip to Omaha for an undetermined amount of time. (laughs) You come back, you get married, and then you're off to Europe. So you've got Mm. a busy uh, what three weeks here. Nice slate. Yeah. Um, I can be in Omaha anywhere from like five to 15 days. Um, just a, just, you know, a typical take the family on vacation to the center of the United States uh, in the middle of June. Um, so let's see. Omaha could, Omaha, Florida will play the 16th Friday, um, either at 2 p.m. or 7 p.m. The last possible game is June 26th. Um, I get married June thirtieth. Uh, I go to Europe June third. And when I get back, July third. <clears throat> July third. It's. I was about to say about traveling time, bro. <laughs> just, just keep drinking this coffee. Uh, yeah, July third, and uh, book flights with you, bro. If you're going back in time. Yeah, where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> I like it. Um, booked a three star Michelin restaurant in Croatia, Dan. Excited oh. for that. Nice. Tampa, uh, the state of Florida just started adding Michelin stars last year. Tampa just got its first three. I have been to two, need to go to the third, uh, but have never been to a three-star Michelin restaurant uh, in my life. So you'll have to Uh, let me know. Enlighten me on the Michelin in the star game here. So so it is, it's actually Michelin. When you hear Michelin, you think, you know, uh, tires. So the Michelin guide is actually that company, that uh, tire company. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stars system was set up to uh, give people as they were traveling, hey, one star, this is worth a restaurant worth going out of your way to. If you're driving near it, it's worth, hey, head out an hour um, and then it goes up and up. Two is, hey, you definitely should make a trip specifically to this place. Mm-hmm. And three stars is this is the best of the best. Um mm-hmm. If you have the opportunity to go here, plan an entire trip around this restaurant. This is that so, we got an app for this. Come, uh, the Michelin star guy comes out every year, and you can Uh-oh. lose stars, gain stars. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds like recruiting. 
It is. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, just whether like you recruiting. commit to Georgia or Alabama or whether you, you know, fall back to a Florida. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to a, going to a Georgia restaurant in Croatia. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but uh, Nick, you, you hit the uh, nail like right that. on the head. It was created to, uh, to encourage travel and tourism, uh, you know, as cars uh, started to become a lot more popular to travel the country. And obviously uh, a company that uh, sells tires has a, a want and desire for you to go out of your way and travel. So I think it started in the early 1900s. Uh, I think it started overseas mm. and then moved over to America, uh, if I remember correctly. But Nick, you had it right, man. Enjoy that trip. Uh, Silk, you probably have a few down in your area. I'll send you a list so you can go check them out. Uh, sometimes they're for the average eater, you know, like us. And sometimes some of these more exquisite uh, you know, three stars can be a little bit uh, hotty toddy or maybe food that you wouldn't otherwise. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's like a, uh, a street a street food place somewhere in, in Asia, I think mm-hmm. um, it, it's just like straight up street food uh, you pay like $2 for something. And it's got a Michelin star. So it's not, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of, it's a lot of like hoity toity. Uh, mm-hmm. We're, we're going to charge you uh, $500 for dinner. And, and the first plate comes out and it's like foam uh, and, mm-hmm. and a truffle. Um, but they, you know, they're, they're expanding as, um, different cuisines and different styles of food become more popular right 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 yeah i got a road trip on the way i need that list maybe some have you been not to too many Pepe in florida Boulard? so or ever heard of it what in was Palm that beach cafe Boulard. b-o-u-l-u-d he's been to cafe risque that's on palm beach island right yeah, that's a Michelin star spot yeah that's that's a reservation spot man yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah i haven't yeah. been there but i definitely heard of it yeah, your your, your Michelin star restaurants are mostly going to be reservation. The the key is to find which Michelin what could be a Michelin food star restaurant in the future, so that you don't have to pay that Michelin star premium yeah. after they get that because that's a uh, that that changes the game for them. Changes the game. Well, we'll uh, we'll get started. We got a big show today, Nick. We're going to start with you with baseball. So get yourself ready. We got Blake Alderman uh, joining the show. A lot of stuff to talk about, but as always. We do want to shout out our friend Alan Horn for being the presenting sponsor. Alan Horn Insurance, a state farm agency. If you are looking for auto, home, renter's life, or business insurance, maybe even retirement planning, give him a call at 706-692-2888 or allenhorninsurance.com, A-L-A-N-H-O-R-N-E, insurance.com, 706-692-2888 in the states of florida tennessee georgia and alabama so again alan horn insurance presenting sponsor steve mcgill we appreciate you each and every week and go get your rates checked uh with alan horn nick uh, gators are heading to omaha uh big win over south carolina uh five to four and four to nothing this weekend give us the quick update on the gators baseball team yeah. Whew. Um, so Florida, after uh, sc- scraping, clawing, scratching uh, their way through the regional, um, they get matched up with South Carolina, a team who had swept Florida earlier in the year. You know, as I previewed it, um, heading up into the week, South Carolina played a lot better at home when Florida lost to them at that point of the year. I think they were like twenty-two and one at home. Um, in Florida, just uh, both teams were different uh, as they came down in the stretch here. 
I like Florida in any three-game series uh, with Brandon Sprout, Hurston Waldrip, and, and Jack Caglione. I think Florida has a good chance to win any three-game series. Um, they lost – they had 16 weekend three-game series uh, this year, and they went 14-2 in those. So th- with the way that their pitching sets up, they're built for a three-game series, and, and it was a whole different ball game um, in Gainesville than it was in Columbia. Brandon Sprout was really good. Um, on Friday night, and then Hurston Waldrop, uh, when Florida lost last year to Oklahoma, um, I think they knew who was going to be coming back and how good this team could be. And getting a pitcher like Hurston Waldrop, who's going to be a first-round pick, potentially a top 15, 20 pick in the MLB draft next month, um, when they saw him available, um, I think Florida looked around and said, if this kid is on our team, we go from good to great and, and have the potential to do that. It didn't help Silk. This is this is a great recruiting story. It doesn't hurt that Hurston Waldrop was pitching for the USA Collegiate National Team. Wyatt Langford was on the team, teammate, uh, and Kevin O'Sullivan was the pitching coach oh, for tampering. that team. So no tampering, no tampering. Uh, it was in the Legend. portal. Bef- was in the portal before that trip. Uh, two days before, hmm. when Florida was on the phone, and then all of a sudden, ah. Just a coach and player interaction. Certainly no recruiting going on. Just that's what I like to see on my coaches, Nick. Um, But yeah, uh, Hurston Waldrip, um, he'd kind of been up and down and shaky at points. And I mean, I say up and down, he was like eight and two. Um, But uh, some shaky starts, and he's absolutely shoved um, in the NCAA tournament. It'll be interesting to see um, if his old team, Southern Miss, can take care of Tennessee on this beautiful Monday. Um, and then maybe get a matchup of Hurston and uh, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, which is a school he came from uh, in Omaha. So hmm. Florida, Florida looks like they're playing their best baseball. And, and as you look, the uh, Omaha is a double elimination tournament. If Florida wins the first three games, then they automatically go into the College World Series final. And that's what I was just talking about. The College World Series final is a three-game best-of-three series. Uh, and so if Florida can get to that with their pitching rotation set up again with Sprout, Waldrop, Cags. I like Florida in any three-game series. So mm. I pulled up a uh, a picture here. Let me see if I can put it on YouTube a little bit better uh, for everybody to see here. And it looks at the Gators uh, pitching, starting pitching yeah. uh, over the last uh, two series in the regionals. Uh, outside of that Brandon Sprout game against Texas Tech where he threw for six innings, gave up three runs, three hits, um, he did the same thing against South Carolina. Other than that, the Gators' starting pitching has only let up two runs uh, mm-hmm. in the other uh, five games that they've had. Uh, Caglione, uh, zero runs, uh, only four hits in the first game. Waldrop, uh, one hit or one run, pardon me, five hits. Uh, Cade Fisher against Texas Tech, one run, five hits. Uh, and then Hurston Waldrop, obviously, uh, in the second game goes eight or eight runs or pardon me, eight innings, zero runs, only three hits, 13 Ks. Um, but Hurston Waldrop, just incredible performance, 15 combined innings between the regional and super regional, only one run, eight total hits, 25 strikeouts, only four base on ball. So uh, really incredible uh Starting pitching output by the Gators, and and obviously the bats are, are starting to hit a little bit uh, as well. That was a fun game to watch on uh, on Friday night as well. Yeah, I mean this team's really good. Um, they've been really good all season, um, despite firing 
most of the coaching staff at various points of the year. Um, scholarships have been revoked. Uh, players have been kicked off the team. So congratulations to all the guys who've refound their scholarships uh, and to Kevin O'Sullivan, who uh, was rehired recently. Um, by Twitter. I thought I was having a real life. I was like, what the hell did I miss? I ain't <laughs> there's losing. No, 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 no. It's just the internet firing people. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Just, I, I, just I, I see. the joke at the end, but at first, man, good delivery, yeah. Nick, because you had me for a second. I was like, what the <laughs> hell? Yeah, it's just, it's just a great story. You know, uh, everyone was fired after Florida was swept by South Carolina. Uh, so it's just a, a really great redemption story here, Silk. Uh, Sounds about Gator. I think, two, uh, I think we owe a lot of. I think we owe a lot of this to Coral Springs High School legend David Cop. A hundred percent. Couldn't do it without Coral Springs High School. Can't. You gotta be the greatest of all time out of that high school. We have very few <laughs> things as a high school to be proud of. Right. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll take it. We'll take I it. Damn uh, him. There's there's <laughs> two hundred and ninety nine Division One baseball teams, um, and only eight are still playing baseball. So the Gators will take on uh, in their bracket. They have Virginia, who Nick said that they will play on Friday. Oral Roberts University, uh, who is a four seed entering uh, the regionals. Uh, mm-hmm. They, uh, I thought they were going to blow it. Nick um, hasn't have an eight zero lead against Oregon uh, in game one, blew that lead, but then they end up taking the next two games. So Oral Roberts and then TCU. Uh, so uh, that will be starting this Friday and hopefully lead right up into just a few days before Nick's wedding. Hopefully he can sweat a little bit. Uh, hopefully there's no, none of those Midwestern storms that get a delayed flight or anything out to get a, uh, the wrath of Lauren. Uh, but uh, Nick, enjoy Omaha. Um, I, don't, I couldn't think of two any more diabolically different cultural places than Omaha, Nebraska, and Europe. So hope you enjoy those. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been to Omaha. I was there in 17 when they won it, 18 the following year. Um, if you're a college baseball fan, um, this is an, an incredible um, event. They do a really good job. I don't know what else is in Omaha other than the second biggest zoo in the country. But if you're a college baseball fan, the entire town is tuned in um, and and put on a really good, uh, essentially, two almost two-week tournament. So uh, it was a bucket list item for me. Um, and I got to go out in 2017. If you are uh, a dad with a kid who plays baseball, this is, uh, you know, the eight, eight best or hottest teams are playing baseball right now. And, uh, it's a really cool event to get out there too. Absolutely. I went back in 2011, uh, a lot of fun, Tough uh, year. really cool spot, but like Nick said, not much out there. I think nightlife has gotten a little bit better. Uh, I think you have baseball and just beef fed beef out there. Hmm. Um, before we get Blake Alderman on the show, beef, beef. beef fed beef, um, obviously a lot to talk about, about recruiting. We'll get that, uh, to that in a minute. Uh, but before we do that, the Gators are national champions again, uh, back to back weeks where we get to talk about a Florida Gator national championship last week. It was golf this year or this week. Pardon me. It is men's track and field who won their 14th program national championship, sixth outdoor championship and back-to-back national championship. Uh, Mike Holloway, the GOAT of Florida goat. coaching. What do you guys think? The GOAT, man. Um, bro, I was out at the NIL Summit, and this uh, lone jumper, I won't say her name, uh, but she was in the recruiting and deciding on a transfer to Florida LSU. And uh, a guy I was with who's UF alum, he's like, hey, man, picture on Florida. I was like, it's Mouse, man. I ain't got a, 
I ain't got to pitch mouse. And she said, he right. I said, there you go, man. You don't have to pitch mouse, man. Mouse the goat. Shout out to the track team. Um, Just more, more greatness. There's too many trophies in that building right now. Absolutely. Uh, the Gators have now won six of the last 12 national titles in outdoor men's track. Uh, they went back to back, like we said, the last two years. They were also the first team to go back to back since they went back to back in 2016, 2017. Come on, man. And the last program before that to go back to back was them in 2012 and 2013. So great. Congratulations to them. Um, Mouse, uh, Mike Holloway, uh, nicknamed Mouse, everybody knows that, um, was asked right after the uh, the championship, um, what's your favorite championship? And so he said, the next one. The next one, man. The next one. Big so, lingo, man. That's how you got to talk, man. Like um, Incredible. Uh, they clinch it uh, with the 4 by 4 uh, at the end, just a truly remarkable performance by uh, a lot of the Gators. Um, really just a, a fantastic program. Um, really not much else to say other than the Florida Gators track and field team is is amongst the best ever. Um, and certainly Mouse Holloway is probably going to be widely considered one of, if not the best uh, men's track and field coaches of all time. Um, not to be overshadowed, the women's uh, track and field program uh, finished national runners-up, so certainly nothing to uh, to be too disappointed about. So shout-out to both of those programs um, and certainly a great week in, uh, in Florida Gators uh, athletics. So with that being said, we are going to be welcoming Blake Alderman on in just a few minutes. But before uh, we do have him come on the show, let's give a shout out to our friends over at the Gataverse, G-A-T-A-V-E-R-S-E, Gataverse.io. Go support them. We had Matt McCall on last week to talk about uh, the TBT team that they're putting together with him and Torian Green, Corey Brewer, Lee Humphrey, a, a number of uh, Lee Humphrey's, pardon me, a number of other uh, former Florida Gator legends on the basketball court. But go check them out. Uh, they've just signed their first couple of players in football, uh, men's basketball, and a few other sports. Go support them. Go support NIL for the University of Florida uh, athletic program. So again, Gata, G A T A verse.io, and go support your Florida Gators athletics uh nil programs uh gators do grab a commit uh over the weekend for the class of 2023 uh it's a, a juco from east los angeles college six foot five 255 pound defensive end edge rusher um formerly a, a quarterback uh at the high school level and i think his first year juco obviously boomed up in size the gators gave him an offer this past weekend on a visit and he is officially committed. Uh, were you guys able to do any research or know much about Quincy Ivory? Uh, seems certainly like a depth play, but you know, certainly I uh, want to give him his flowers as well. Uh, seems like a depth play, uh, you know, upside guy. You're going to have to, he's a former quarterback. So it's, he's going to have to need some work at the position, but he got 12 and a half sacks while playing out there in Los Angeles has three years to play. Um, size and athleticism, you know, he fits to build that in, in that perspective. But uh, you want to bring in guys just, just looking at his offer sheet. There's a lot to be desired. I think we're the only power five school that was really after him. Uh, but, you know, we got what roster spots that we do need to fill that you can't carry over to next year. So don't mind them filling in. We would have wanted that to be more of a, you know, a guy with maybe a year to play uh, to fill that spot. But um, we'll see how it all plays out. Not down on the take. Definitely not going to hype it is where right. I'm at with it. It has three years to, to play. Um, 
I think he's enrolling on July the 3rd, if I remember correctly. So um, a guy, you know, we talked a little bit about him last week, um, but does join that class of 2023, um, similar to the way that Ty Bowman uh, joined the class late last year, added the JUCO ranks as well. Uh, but Quincy Ivory will be joining the University of Florida football program here in the next couple of weeks. Um, in sad news, uh, the Gators did lose a commit, um, a guy that we got alerted to towards the end of last week uh, that he would be flipping uh, to Georgia. Uh, but running back Chauncey Bowens, a guy that Florida has had committed for a while, was on him early. Uh, has been blown up the last few years, does take an official visit to Georgia, announces in front of everybody uh, that he is going to flip his commitment. Um, this one hurts. It stings. Uh, it's a yeah, tough loss. Yeah, um, But, uh, Silk, want to get your thoughts. Obviously, a five six one guy, um, but obviously you've been following him for a while. So what are your thoughts there? Big L. You know, uh, I view Chauncey. He's not ranked as high. Uh, I thought he should be ranked higher, to be honest with you. He's, a, in my opinion, a top 10 running back. Uh, extremely high ceiling. Uh, we jumped on him early. Got him in September last year. Uh, thought we had a head start. We did have a head start. And you also got a Gator a head coach there at Benjamin. So you think you got a lot of, you know, things in your favor. Uh, Kyrie went to Benjamin. It's just a Gator atmosphere down here in 561, especially around Benjamin. So, I thought we had some, you know, a lot in our favor. And then we started getting a little smoke, like you said, a couple of days before. I hate getting bad news. I shared the good news quick, but yeah. Nick, Nick hit the group chat. Like, hey, you guys hearing any smoke? And I had to just drop the uh, <laughs> had to drop the, 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 the atomic bomb of it. Yeah, it's happening, man. Uh, so you don't, want to, you don't want that to happen. I'm more concerned right now about the running back board. You know, uh, I don't know where we at with Jerry Gibson. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're into it. We'll get an official visit. He's visiting, right? You know, mm-hmm. there's some communication going down. So we are recruiting him. But I don't know if we're a big dog in that recruitment. I know Texas and um, a lot of other programs that are recruiting him are willing to go over and beyond for a running back. And I don't know if that's the same when it pertains to us and NIL. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what the board is looking like. I know Jordan Lyle was a guy that they valued uh, before Kanan Daniels committed. He's committed to Ohio State now. And Jordan Lyle's out of St. Thomas Aquinas, so that's mm-hmm. that's a possible guy in the running back room. And then you have uh, Makai Danzi, another running back who's, to me, more of like a scat back, uh, all-purpose back type of guy. But there's there's some, you know, that's a drop-off. Mm-hmm. Keep it all the way bean if those are your two guys. Now, if you can find a way to get Jerry Gibson, then that more than makes up for it. But if you're going to go down to Jordan Lyle, who I, I do like both of those prospects, don't get me wrong, but there is a drop-off in talent. And then you're losing that drop off of talent that that one of your premier bikes to a rival. So uh, it, it hurts twice. You, mm-hmm. you feel me? Not just to decommit, but also he's going to a guy that you're going to you're gonna actually have, have to face this kid. So that part stinks. So we'll see how it all plays out. But that's where I'm at with, with it right now. Uh, Georgia's all back-to-back nat- natties, too. And, and maybe going for a third, bro. Just a mm-hmm. reality check for us Gator fans, bro. It ain't going to be – this ain't the, the only battle we had with Georgia. We won some. This is one mm-hmm. we lost. This is also the first decommit or uh, flip, I would say, from Florida that was a dagger. I don't, I don't remember. If I'm, if I'm wrong, let me know. But I think this is the first big flip in Billy's uh, regime. Yeah, no, you, I think you're right. Uh, we do have Blake Alderman uh, waiting in the green room for us, so we can talk a little bit about him. I know Florida offered a running back yesterday, uh, but let's get uh, Blake Alderman on the show. Blake, friend of the program, friend of the show. Doing? Appreciate you coming back on, brother. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Blake, Absolutely. what do you do, man? 
you know, just out here, had to do daddy duty today. Had to. Mm. I was uh, in Gainesville all day Sunday for official visitors. Came home last night. The house is a wreck. You know, four year old just atomic bombed the house. So <laughs> I get to, I get to, you know, I, I get to since I was there yesterday. Then and she was with with Brooke was with Winter. I get to clean up the mess from uh, from the weekend. So fun. Good, times. good. Does that does that work uh, the other way around? If if dad absolutely was watching. not. Okay. <laughs> you catch, you catch just, L's no matter what. It's like on Mother's Day, you get like a bouquet of roses. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah talk about it. Days. Father's Day, you get boxers and socks. It's, it's yeah, just, yeah. that's how it is. I get just, barbecue uh, grill kits, and I don't even barbecue no more, Blake. Those are called hints. It's like, hey, man, we're still eating meat, so here you go. Here's <laughs> the stuff you need. Yeah. You may you know, not believe yeah, yeah. You change your yeah. life, but. We still vibing over here, Pop. Awesome. Looks like I'm signing up for something awesome and great here uh, as I get ready for my wedding and a family. Fantastic. Yeah. Good luck. Um, <laughs> Blake, obviously, you you heard the end of our discussion there on uh, on Chauncey Bowens. Is this just a, a situation where, where Georgia out recruited Florida? Or what's what's kind of the, the backstory of obviously defending national champions and everything else, but you know, seemed like he was 100% locked in, according right. to Keith Niebuhr, a couple days before that visit. So, yeah, Chauncey, we, we got a chance to talk with him at the seven on seven last Wednesday when he was there at Florida, and he's, you know, 100% committed. Um, but, you know, in the same sentence, he turns around and says that Georgia's a real threat, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I think that this was a situation where he, whenever he visited back in January, I think it was, and he was, he was in Athens the first time, there was a lot of buzz that Georgia was a big player then. He was going to continue taking visits, and, you know, when you look back in hindsight, there's obviously signs that were on the wall that maybe you didn't that you ignored the first time around. You know, he's talking. You know, earlier this year, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State official visits. Guy pops up at Tennessee, pops up Miami, starting to take these other visits. When you start to see, you know, a guy that's like, I wasn't that heavily recruited early on. I want to take some visits, enjoy the process. But then you're adding more visits on top of the handful of visits that you had there. You start to see that man, maybe this guy isn't as solid as what he would say. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, Georgia has felt really good since that visit. Like I said, um, there had been, you know, off and on talk of watch Georgia, you know, Georgia's the big threat. That was the school that I think most people were keeping an eye on outside of Florida whenever he was committed, um, you know, takes that official visit. I, I think Georgia has felt really confident all along with him, you know, just after getting him there on that visit, you know, and that could be something that, you know, through talks with the coaching staff that he had on that visit early this year to where it left them feeling really good about it. I think Georgia heading into the official visit was more in a, you know, they think that they could flip him. Um, he's given them maybe some vibes that that could have happened previously. Would he do it? Would he make it public? Would he finally go through with the, the hints and, and the way that he was making them feel about it? And he did that, you know, and I, I think that you guys hit the nail on the head. I think it's just, Georgia's the hot team on the trail right now, man. You know, back-to-back -back national championships. They've got running back pedigree. Um, you know, just it's something they can pitch to kids, you know. And, and I, I think that that's just – it's one of those situations to where you're battling against the back-to-back -back national championship. Kids are going to want to be a part of that. I mean, look back to when Alabama was really, really rolling. You know, kids that, you know, even weren't a take at Alabama, they'd have an Alabama hat on the table, you know, just because they were, you know, being recruited by Bama. So I, I think Georgia's starting to get in that realm of – you know, where they can kind of pick and choose who they want. And I just think, unfortunately, that's the situation that unfolded here for Florida. What does what's Florida do at the running back position? I know Stacy Gage was a guy that Florida was recruiting a while ago. He just committed to, to uh, UCF. Uh, Jordan Lyle uh, from St. Thomas Aquinas is a guy that Florida's uh, been recruiting. Florida obviously does have Kanan Daniels committed to the class, but Florida does need two uh, running backs in this group. But where does Florida go from here? 
You know, I, I'm not so convinced that running back is going to be a major need for them. You know, mm -hmm. like you said, Kanan Daniels is in the class. Um, you know, could some other names pop up down the line as they continue to evaluate guys? I mean, running back is one of those positions to where, I mean, you've got South Florida in your back pocket. There's always one or two handful of, of running backs there in South Florida that have a strong senior year and they start to explode on the scene. Um, you know, that usually happens every other year. I, I think at this point, Florida, they've got five guys on the roster now. Um, Cam Carroll will more than likely move on due to graduation. Montrell Johnson, I think, is someone where they're keeping an eye on. Will he go pro? Will he return? I think a lot of those questions will be answered on how the season goes. Um, you know, it could it be a situation where Florida just starts to evaluate more running backs now, maybe circle back around and see some senior year tape on, you know, a guy like Jordan Lyle, like you mentioned, you know, Stacey Gage. You know, I think that Stacey Gage was someone that, you know, had Florida as a finalist. I don't know how hard they were pushing for him, you know, heading into that decision where he made there. So is this a guy that, you know, at, at St. Thomas Aquinas, it's a big, it's a, you know, a, a big place to put your name on the map. You know, if he has a good season there, could Florida turn the heat up later on? We'll see. Is there a guy that they maybe go back in the film room, break down some film, start looking some other guys, someone pops up, you know, that's another thing where we'll see. Could Florida just be okay with Kane and Daniels rolling through this year, look through the transfer portal, kind of like what they did with Cam Carroll um, and the Juco guy, even though he wasn't a portal guy. I mean, it, it, there's still, I think, a little bit of different directions where Florida could go here. So I think that maybe a portal guy is where they look into if someone doesn't pop up down the road there. But, you know, as of right now, I haven't heard any names where they're going to pivot to. I know that they're really excited about Kane and Daniels. They're really going to, you know, he's taken visits. He went to Michigan State. I don't know that there's really a worry about Michigan State coming out of that visit there. He'll actually be at Florida this weekend for his official visit. So I think right now they're really happy with Kane and Daniels. But we'll see if anybody pops up down the road. There's, like I said, nobody on my radar right now. Yeah, and I know that Elton McCaskill, a guy that we thought at one point would have been really nice uh, icing on the cake, uh, kind of looks maybe a little bit more. Uh, of a necessity, but you know, Florida certainly doesn't uh, have any shortage of, uh, of options that are out there. Um, Stoke, I know that you talked a little bit about this yesterday on the, uh, on the roll up, but uh, the Gators hosted uh, chance Robinson wide receiver out of St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, he's a Miami commit. You know, I know Florida is, was recruiting him heavily I, to me. It seemed like that Miami commitment came a little bit out of the blue a few months ago, but he visited Florida uh, this past weekend and then released the top three of uh, Penn state, Miami, and Florida. Uh, what did, uh, how did the visit go this weekend? And uh, what are Florida's chances there? You know, I think Florida has a, a fairly good chance. You know, I, 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 they have a fairly good chance with chance. You know, he's was a guy that's coming after the official visit. He's out there. You know, you catch up with him. He says that he's he's still got maybe a little bit of a final decision to make. You know, I don't know if that's, you know, just pretty words that he's putting out of there to the media. Um, he's obviously got an official visit to Miami coming up there on June 23rd. So they're going to get the last day there. I, I think ideally he wants to take these visits. He was just at Penn State on the weekend of the second Florida last weekend. He'll be at Miami coming up here in a couple of weeks. Um, I think he's going to, you know, see what things go, you know, how things go on these visits, you know, listen to the pitches there. You know, I know Penn State coming out of their visit. They felt like they had a fair shot. I know Florida feels like they have a fair shot there. I think the fact that DJ Lagway's in the class and Florida's maybe got a little bit more answers to the future of their quarterback room. They maybe don't have those answers right now on their roster, but I think whenever you've got a big-time player like DJ Lagway, and that's a guy that Chance Robinson has been talking to for quite a while since DJ's been committed. So, you know, I think Florida has a fair chance there. I, I, from from listening around, you know, I think Penn State feels like Florida's the team that they're maybe watching the most to be a threat to Miami. I'm not sure how Miami feels. You would think that an in-state guy, you'd probably feel Florida was, was more of the threat there just because, again, an in-state guy and you've got SEC player right there. 
Um, you know, Chance really likes the the track record that Billy Gonzalez has had of producing guys there. You know, Billy Gonzalez has recruited down there um, in Broward County for a long time. You know, that's been an area where he's got a lot of ties to. He's known uh, head coach at St. Thomas Aquinas for a couple years there. So Billy Gonzalez has those ties. He's got a track record, at least seems to still have the interest of Chance Robinson. And I don't know that this was just the guy that's taken free visits just to take free visits. I mm -hmm. think he's actually going through these visits, you know, actually listening what these schools have to say. I was a little surprised, too, when Miami did land him. You know, I know that he has taken a lot of visits to Miami over the course of the – especially in the spring. He was there uh, quite a bit. So I think that Miami needed someone kind of to be the headliner of their class. You know, you look at their class, there's a pretty big gap between him and the rest of the guys in the class. I think they needed that big win. And I think when you've got a guy like Chance Robinson who was a regular on their campus, I think that that was a guy that where you could really make that statement win – um, on the trail, you know, a guy that was at their spring game had been there a bunch. So I don't know that the door is completely closed with him. You know, I don't know this is a situation where, you know, like Jeremiah Smith, the five-star Ohio State commit, he's taking visits. I still think that he's going to be a tough flip. Chance Robinson, I see him taking visits too. I don't know that he's someone that is as tough of a flip as a guy like Jeremiah Smith. We'll see. You know, Miami's going to get that last visit. They could completely come through and shut things down. Um, you know, and, and really kind of lock him up there in that last weekend. But I do think that he's he's keeping an, uh, his ear open, you know, through these visits, and they're not just free trips. Well, I um, think he dropped the top three uh, yesterday with, the, <laughs> with him dropping the three emojis, and he spoke to some other outlets saying that uh, he has a decision to make. So right, he said final decision, decision after right. after the visit yesterday. He says he's still got a bit of a final decision to make. I like that's that. what you that's what you love to hear. Yeah, <laughs> if yeah. you're it's not Miami what you love fan. to hear if you're a Miami coach, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I have a question. So, like, Florida had three receivers last year. You've got Isaiah Williams, who I think is a good, um, a good receiver locked in. How many do do you think Florida needs to get in this class? And then, I don't know what the passing game is going to look like. So, what's the what's the balance of? And it's probably different from guy to guy. Of okay, I would love to come play with DJ Lagway. That looks exciting. And then you watch Florida on the field and they run the ball sixty five percent of the time, and you're like. Eh. It, it, do I want to play in this offense? How much of it is guys like Jeremiah Smith, I think has said, I want to see what the team looks like. And other guys say, I want to see what the team looks like. And if I'm a Florida coach, that's not what I want to hear. If I'm recruiting you as a receiver, I want you to say, Hey, look at, look at DJ Lagway, come play with him. Right. And I think that that's where a situation where, you know, I, I don't know that there's any high expectations for Florida season this year. Obviously, the games have to be played. You never know how the ball is going to roll. But I think if you're Florida and you're, you're their coaching staff, you want to try to get this bulk of this class wrapped up heading into the season. You want to have it's, – it's always easier to hang on to a guy than it is to have to, like, you know, flip them out right or something. So uh, I think if you're Florida, I think three makes the most sense. You know, they've already got Isaiah Williams in the class who's not – a big body wide receiver, but he's not a little 5'11 kind of slot guy. He's someone that I think could kind of play between the two spots. You can move him out wide. You can move him in the slot because he's got the speed. You know, Jare Hawkins is a guy that Florida really likes there in the slot. He was there this past weekend. Um, he had a reported like 4'2", at Ohio State last year. So this guy is, you know, next weekend he's not taking an official visit anywhere because he's running the national championships for track when he's at IMG. So, I mean, you've got a guy that's got legit speed. I thought it was cool because you've got Billy Napier, who's got a wide receiver background. You've got Billy Gonzalez, who obviously has a wide receiver background. And I thought it was a cool pitch that Florida was able to make to Dre Hawkins to where, you know, Billy Gonzalez sees a little bit of Kadarius Tony in him with that wiggle and that speed. And Billy Napier sees a little bit of Jalen Waddle. So you've got two coaches that can kind of name drop some pretty cool guys in there. So I think that was something that Dre really liked, you know. 
he was pretty upfront in saying that, you know, yes, he has a top three of Penn State, Florida, and Miami. He said that Penn State and Florida were the two that stand out the most to him right now heading into these visits. Um, he'll visit Penn State on the 23rd. That's the team that I had been watching the most is Penn State just because they had been in there a little bit longer. He's been there a couple more times. I'm interested to see. I've heard some pop things pop up of, you know, there's a lot of people at Penn State that really like him, and there's some that are a little concerned on the size. You know, you've got a smaller wide receiver, so there's always going to be those concerns there. Me personally, I think if you've got a smaller wide receiver, but you've got someone that's that fast, like, it's fine. Like, just get the guy out there. Get you. Florida wants to get faster in their wide receiver room. I think he checks off all those boxes there. But we'll see. You know, again, he's got another guy who's taking a visit. I know everyone wants these answers right now in June, but some of these guys just simply want to take all their visits and listen to the pitches they have to take, whether it's, you know, being wined and dined on visits or legitimately going in and, and seeing what these schools have to say. But, you know, I think Jeray Hawkins is another one. Chance Robinson, I think Florida has a fair shot at. I think that Jeremiah Smith, in my, at least in my book, I don't know how Florida feels on that. That's someone that's going to be a plus one. You know, whether you have three wide receivers committed already heading into the season and you somehow, some way can flip Jeremiah Smith, you're not telling that guy no regardless. Like, that's a plus one take all the way. So I think three is probably where Florida needs to hit. You know, do they go into the portal afterwards? I think that's possibly something they do. But I, I think three is probably the number that you'd ideally want to see them hit at. Yeah, I got a couple questions real quick. So I think I think it ends up being four just because of this. Uh, you end up, I think we get three, and then you wait on Jeremiah Smith or JoJo Trader. Sure. Either one of those guys, I think, hmm. if they want to come, you got to take them. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, what What is your take? I had a take on the show uh, for a couple of weeks now uh, when the official visit started that uh, the, the vibes are slowing down. Kids aren't popping on official visits. What's your feel, somebody that's covering this and that are at the official visit? What's the energy like from across the, not just at UF, uh, I seen Miami had one of their biggest weekends and historically. Uh, Florida State's hot right now. They just had a big weekend, no commits on campus. I saw the Georgia in the in the hot programs. Like, what's the feel uh, nationally when it pertains to kids popping on commits? You know, there, there's always differences there. I know USC that weekend of the second, they had a big weekend and they got some guys to pop there. I think Penn State did the weekend of the second too. Um, it, it just depends on the situation. You know, I don't know. I, I think generally – that the percentage of guys that are committing on these visits is lower. You know, and I say that because most of these kids now, they want to set an announcement to set their commitment date. They're going to drop the edits of, you know, my top whatever. Well, Blake, I have a top 36 and I have the edit right. ready. Yeah, right. But here's my commitment follows, date. Man. And so you have to – right. It's, it's all about – maximizing your social media presence. And I think that that's a big part to do with it. Sure. There are kids that do pop on visits. It happens. I just don't think it's as widely seen as what we've seen in the past. And I think that's because kids are trying to maximize their brand with announcing things, drumming up some interest there, you know, announcing that commitment, whenever they do, whether it's just simply dropping something on social media, whether it's hopping on 24 sevens, YouTube page, CBS HQ, doing it on ESPN. Look at my dog back there making a cameo on the show. Um, <laughs> Dogs, he's been out there scratching the door. The deuce. That's the real. On, Please on don't. Show, don't. Don't. I'll just have to. I'll have to like. <laughs> if he start dropping the deuce, man. You'll get our monetization taken away if he starts pooping, hey, man. That, that looks like a poop sniff. If I <laughs> but I think that it's just that it's a situation spot. where guys are really trying to maximize their reach of making these announcements. I just, I again, it happens. You know, you've seen Penn State have those weekends. You've seen Georgia land Cha Chauncey Bowens on the visit there. Um, but I think that most of these kids are really trying to kind of control the narrative of their announcement. They're trying to, you know, put it through their own name, through their own social media account, trying to drum up things on Instagram Live, on social media. Doing it, doing it through different streaming announcements. So I think it's a lower percentage that we're seeing, but we'll see. I mean, there's still a couple weekends left, but as of right now, I think it's a little bit lower. 
Um, Blake, want to ask you a little bit about tight end recruiting. Uh, Florida has obviously gotten they, – they had Caleb Odom uh, on campus from Carrollton, Georgia this weekend. He's ranked as uh, – on the on three consensus as the number 69 overall player, Florida's recruiting him. Uh, Walter Matthews, who's the 105th overall player. Amir Jackson, 122nd. Jonathan Eccles, 129th. Uh, you know, Florida seems to be, you know, have a lot of options here at, uh, at tight end. Where do you think that ultimately ends up? I think they want to take two. I think that's ideally what they want to do. And if you look at all the visits that are set up this weekend, all these guys that are really Florida's top dogs at tight end, you know, the Jonathan Eccles, Walter Matthews, uh, Eric Carner, um, Amir Jackson, those guys are all taking their official visits. And, and Caleb Odom, even though he's being recruited more as a as an ex-receiver type guy, I don't know that he's really got the size of tight end, but he's someone where they've talked about you know, when, they, when Caleb Odom visited last weekend, Billy Gonzalez, who was actually there on staff when Kyle Pitts was there, was able to show him the size that he came into the program with, what he looked like whenever it was time for the draft, all the stats and all those types of things. So I think that's someone that maybe could take the Kyle Pitts type role where, you know, Kyle Pitts was playing receiver whenever he was like a freshman or a redshirt freshman mm -hmm. here at Florida and then eventually grew into more of a tight end. We'll see if Caleb Odom is that same boat. I think that they're recruiting him predominantly right now as an ex-receiver, and they'll see how his body grows down the road. Um, but, you know, those other guys, you know, I think Florida, again, two tight ends is what, is what I feel like they want to take. I think they're going to have to find their answer of the pecking order of, of who can you realistically get out of these official visits. You get to spend the entire weekend with these guys. I think after you host, you know, all these guys over the next couple weekends, they've already had some on campus. You know, Eric Carner left uh, campus last weekend saying that Florida was his leader. Uh, Walter Matthews, it's, he seems fairly torn between Florida and USC. You know, I know that he's been to Florida a lot, SEC ball. He really likes Russ Calloway. That's the coach that he mentioned that he has the best connection with. I, and I was weird. Like, I, I thought it was weird whenever he had mentioned USC because a guy from Georgia is mentioning USC as a finalist. His dad actually works a lot in L.A., so that's where mm. the connection of USC comes through because his dad is out there a lot. He really liked his time out there, but, I mean, anyone is going to like their time in L.A. I mean, they, I think they take kids to, like, the Lakers stadium when they're out there. Like, yeah. USC is – I mean, L.A. is cool for a reason. So I do think he's legitimately torn right now. I know that Florida has felt really good for him for quite a while. Um, so I think he could make a decision soon. Eric Carner seems like a guy that's going to take some more visits. He'll be at A&M this weekend. He'll be at Iowa next weekend. Those were the two teams that Florida was already watching mostly – heading into his official visit here. So we'll see if they can change the tides there for Florida, who's already leading for him. Uh, you know, Jonathan Eccles is one that I'm not too sure where Florida stands at. He's committed to Tennessee. I don't know that the door is completely closed with him right now. You know, he's just at Florida. They seem to have some decent footing there. He's going to visit USF, which I thought was kind of a weird school to visit. But, you know, head coach at USF was the former offensive coordinator, I think, or something mm -hmm. like that at Tennessee. So there's the connection there. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But I think that right now Florida ideally wants to get an answer, maybe not a, a public commitment or a silent commitment mm -hmm. or something, but at least have an idea of where they're at with these guys because they're bringing their entire top tier into the tight end board and through campus this month. Where does Florida sit with uh, Justin Denson? I know that he's a guy from a cornerback from Rhode Island, uh, visited campus this past weekend, uh, said that he may be on campus again this upcoming weekend. I know we got an Alabama offer. I know Silk's been high on him for, for a long time now. Uh, where does Florida sit? I know that he had made been on commit watch. Is that still something that 
Florida fans should be looking out for, or does that Alabama offer change things? Or no, I, I don't know. I think he's a guy that I think a lot of his offers schools want to see him work out. You know, and mm. that was kind of the reason why Florida wanted him to come back this Wednesday is when he'll supposed to, he's supposed to be there. They're having their seven on seven that day, but they're also doing like a camp too, kind of running simultaneously. So the seven on seven is at the IPF and the practice fields out there, and the the camp side is over at the swamp. So I think that he's a guy that they wanted to see work out. And I think it's pretty telling that a guy that, you know, he says Florida leads. He said Florida has led for a while, big since back in April, I think, when he visited. So I think his his interest in Florida is legitimate, you know. So he's a guy that wants to work out. So I think it's pretty telling that, you know, here he is coming a couple days after the official visit just to work out so Corey Raymond can see him. I know Corey Raymond does like him a lot. I think that's the chance for him to commit or excuse me to uh, to work out is more of a chance for the staff collectively to see him to see him work out because whenever you're on the road and you're going to see these guys during spring practice you can take all the film in the world you know as an assistant but the head man likes to get his own evaluation so that's a chance for Billy Napier and some of these other guys you know Austin Armstrong the defense coordinator these other guys that are involved in the coaching staff to see a guy like Justin Denson too so I think he's someone that a lot of those schools that have offered probably want to see a little bit more from as far as working out, whether that's, you know, maybe sending in some tape, you know, continuing to watch him in the fall season when things roll around there, or if it's him coming to work out for them in a camp. He's got some official visits that he's had set past Florida. I know Oklahoma has been one he's had set. Um, he's uh, set one to Michigan State. But when I talked to him yesterday after uh, his Sunday on the Sunday part of his official visit, his visit seemed a little bit up in the air. He wasn't sure if he was going to do the Oklahoma one that weekend of the 16th. Sounds like Michigan State was still pretty well set for the 23rd. But he could be a guy that could kind of change course, want to take some camp visits, whether it's at Alabama. He's going to be back at Florida this Wednesday. So we'll see. But I do know that Florida wanted to get a little bit more research. They get him back. On campus again on Wednesday, they gotta get him to pop if they like what they see. And they, sure. they, they I think, and I think there's guy. a fair shot of that, you know, because I think that Denson's interest in Florida is legitimate. He's had Florida leading for a while. A lot of respect for Corey Raymond. So it's telling to me that this is a guy that was just here Sunday, flew back to Rhode Island, is now flying back out to Florida just to work out for Corey. Yeah, we gave him uh, DJ PJ's uh, flight pass, but um, the Bama offer was weird that it came while he was on our visit. Shout out to recruiting and T. Robin them boys, man. It's all chess. <laughs> There's definitely chess going on. And uh, yeah, that was one where he got, I think he said he got it like right as he was pulling into Gainesville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's dirty work, Blake. Oh, that's just a coincidence. So that's certainly it's a cold they world. No, they didn't yeah, know. They put him on commit watch and then, you know, you know, shots of Bama. Um, You're upset not so fast. <laughs> right, right, right. Blake, another name I know that's visiting campus this week, and Florida seems to be trending. I'm not sure if they're trending as the leader, just definitely seem to be rising in his commitment is Wardell Mack. Um, I know, you know, Right now, if you look at it, a lot of people would predict him to LSU, uh, but he's coming on campus this weekend. I know he's tight with Corey Raymond. What's uh, what's the word on Wardell Mack, top, uh, top 30 guy, top 50 guy? You know, I think LSU is probably still the smart pick, but I know LSU is kind of pushing the, you know, we could fill up at your position. And I don't know if that's just, you know, genuinely telling him to, you know, hurry up or if they, you know, are you know, kind of trying to put a little bit of a squeeze on him. You know, I don't know that, you know, for Florida, the names that I'm tracking in the defensive backfield that I think are really the top guys right now at cornerback is Jamari Howard, the guy mm-hmm. from down in South Florida. We've got Xavier Mincy there at Daytona Mainland. That's another guy that is listed as a safety, could very well play some safety. But Corey Raymond sees him being able to be an outside corner. And then Jalen Crawford, the cornerback there at a Parkview there in Georgia. Those are the three top names for me. And I think that a guy like Wardell Mack is probably maybe like a B-tier guy. But those B-tier guys, you have to recruit them very hard because you could miss on a guy in the A-tier. So you always have to make mm. sure there's not a major drop-off. But I don't know that Wardell Mack is a guy that's really, really like high on Florida's board. You know, Obviously, they're recruiting him. 
you know, they're going to bring him there on the official visit. Um, he'll be at Texas after he's at Florida. He was just at Florida State. I think LSU is still a smart pick because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, man, it's like science. If a guy in Louisiana that LSU wants, where do they go? They usually go to LSU. Um, Florida State seemed like they made a big visit for him whenever he was there. I just don't know that there's really any big traction going for Florida right now. You know, that could change after you spend a couple days with him on the official visit. But I just feel like as far as guys that Corey Raymond is really all in on, I just don't know that Wardell Mack is one of those guys right now. Hmm. All right. And uh, this is uh, this is another name. I know that Florida is also looking at Teddy Foster out of Cardinal Mooney down there in Sarasota. I know that he wants to visit Florida, UNC, Miami, and I know Georgia wants him to visit. Do you? Uh, I know he was in Gainesville this past weekend. Uh, they did a big Monday last week Sarasota Manatee County tour of a bunch of different schools. You know uh, much about him? I do. I, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I know a ton about him because he is still kind of new to my radar. But this, yeah. uh, actually, it was Wednesday. I take that back. This past Wednesday, he was back on campus there. He worked out in front of Corey Raymond, guy that really, he really Raymond really likes him. You know, he already had seen him um, in the spring whenever he went by spring practice. That's when the offer was extended. Teddy Foster's been a popular name on the recruiting trail this uh, this mm -hmm. spring. He's already landed a lot of offers. Um, he actually, his sister had just graduated from Florida. Um, I think it was the day he got offered. He was just there that previous weekend because his sister graduated from there. So he's a guy that I think the in-state appeal of Florida is something that's interesting to him. Um, I, he's very interested in taking an official visit. I don't know if that's something that's that I, at least right now, I haven't heard his head up yet. I don't know mm -hmm. if that's something that maybe materializes here this mm -hmm. coming weekend, or if he comes back for an unofficial for Friday night lights and then takes an official in the fall. You know, I, I'm not really quite sure what his timeline is right now. And I don't think he quite knows yet either because he's got a lot of these offers. And I think the attention is something that's a lot for him to you know kind of wrap his brain around right now. But Corey Raymond really likes him. I heard that is his, you know, whenever he camped in front of the guys this past Wednesday, they were all really impressed with him. Um, Teddy Foster seems like a dude. I know that yeah. people were sleeping on him early this year, but I think a lot of people are starting to wake up. So I, I think Florida's in a good sh in a good spot right now for him. I know that the DB board in general, it's it's very deep, you know. So mm -hmm. it seems like names continuously are being added on that DB board. So maybe it's kind of hard to get you know a real set of you know where guys fit there past that top three guys of you know like Xavier Mincy, Jamari Howard, Jalen Crawford, you know. But I think right now it's still evolving. I guess is the best way to put the DB board. But Teddy Foster is a guy that impressed the staff when he camped last week. Love it, right. uh, Silk Nick. Any uh, final questions? Yeah, yeah. Offensive line recruiting is, is one that we all monitoring. I've been monitoring. We got two guys at the position. Do you think Sell and Stapleton get it turned around? Like we've been dealing with the offensive line struggle and recruiting and getting elite guys for for a few regimes. Uh, do you think they get that corrected? You know, I think they have a shot too. You know, I mean, if if you land a you know an Ethan Callaway, um, a Fletcher Westfall, an Ori Williams, you know some of those guys in that group there, I think that you know a lot of people will be very positive on where things are going with the offensive line. Or Jordan Seaton is another guy there, even though I think Alabama had a big official visit there, but you know he really does like Florida. I think if you can get one, two, I don't know if two is being greedy there, but you know two guys out of that board right there, I think it really changes the perspective a lot. Uh, Mike Williams was on campus this past weekend, the former South Carolina commit. I think Florida's in a really good spot for him coming out of that official visit. Um, you know, I've, uh, Faber Edwin is a guy that I think is a bit of a sleeper, but he's a six eight, 
you know, kind of a project, but if you're going to pick a project, you're going to pick a six, eight project that can move, you know, that you've already worked out. So I think that that's a good one there. I think a lot of these other guys that you're taking, you know, the Mike Williams, the favor Edwins, any other guys that pop up down the board, I think the fan base in general will be a lot more positive on, you know, those guys potentially being in the class. If you can land two guys out of that group of, you know, the Ori's, you know, the, uh, the Callaway's, those types of guys, Callaway, I know, visited that first weekend. He was just at uh, Georgia this past weekend. I think it's a battle between the two of those. LSU seems like they're lingering around, around in there somewhere. He's really taking his visits. We'll see when things pop out from there. Fletcher Westfall, I think Clemson is the team that I think everyone should be watching right now. He was just at Georgia last weekend. Florida will get their shot to host him this weekend. Um, Ori Williams was, took his first visit to Florida there June 2nd. Um, went from really not knowing anything about Florida because he had never visited and really not having him on the radar to a top three school there for him. He's going to come back there on July 29th. They're having their grill in the Ville, their little cookout there on campus. So he's going to be coming back for that. Um, you know, and Jordan Seaton, they got on campus twice in the spring. I thought they got some footing, but I, you know, there's been some Bama buzz for him coming out of that official visit how long he wants to continue to take things and play out. I don't know if he's going to take more official visits this month if he stretches them into the fall, but I think Florida needs to land some of those guys out there for, you know, really to look like things are turning around there on the trail on the offensive line. All right. Any, um, any punting guys? Uh, any punters yeah. being recruited out, right yeah. now? I don't know. I used to lead those guys to TG because he was the big kickball fan. So I got, I got, I guess Rudner. We need to, we need to teach Rudner like soccer and, and punting more now. I need, I need him to fill that void for me. Hey, me and Jacob are looking for time off. It's been a long baseball season. That's what we're looking for. We're not looking to uh, Australia, unless unless our companies want to send us to Australia. I will cover punting recruiting. Now, if they were doing that, I would take You're that one off. Right <laughs> yeah, that'd be your cross. Yeah. You guys would see huh? me tweeting pictures with kangaroos. That'd be. I love it. Well, Blake, we appreciate your time uh, this morning. Uh, let everybody know where they can follow you. I'm sure they already do, but let everybody know where they can follow you. Yeah, uh, at Blake underscore Alderman. That's my Twitter uh, handle. You know, I'm at Swamp 24-7. We're, you know, putting stuff out there from the official visit weekends. We're there every Sunday. Um, we'll be at the seven on sevens there they have on Wednesday. So recruiting doesn't sleep. I don't really get to sleep much these days either. So, you know, it's going to be a continue to be a busy June for us over there. I love it. Well, Blake, thanks so much for coming on the show. And we'll uh, talk to you soon, my friend. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Awesome. All right. Thanks, brother. Blake Alderman of 247. Um Gentlemen, any uh, any thoughts on uh, any additional thoughts on recruiting? Yeah, the miss on TJ Moore was was a, was a dagger to the recruiting room, but I think we still uh, have more than than ample opportunity to make up for that. Uh, Harley Gilmore is another receiver recruit, recruit that's going to reclassify. He's from the same team, uh, the poker team as uh, Austin Simmons, so I expect mm -hmm. him to reclassify from twenty five to twenty four. Uh, he's, I think, some of the sites still have him at six one. He's about six three. Uh, he's doing a very good job this offseason on, on the camp circuit, but he's going to be a, a guy. Uh, outside of that, you look at Jeray Hawkins and, and and other guys mentioned by Blake. I think the receiving uh, recruiting is going to be just fine. Uh, Chance mm -hmm. Robinson is another guy. We're going to be just fine at receiver. I'm not going to ever stress receiving recruiting. As long as Billy Napier in charge, I think we're going to be able to work that out. But T.J. Moore was a miss, but I think we can make up for that. Uh, I don't know where we at with Caleb Odom. Uh, but if we can land him as, as well as well as a big big wide receiver on the outside, um, that would be a, a, a good makeup for, as well for the TJ Moore miss. Well, let's talk about talk Odom. About talk about Odom real quick. Odom, uh, you probably saw the video that he posted on mm. social media. Um, good on him because like it, it's 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 an embarrassing look. But um, I think the photos that Florida has been putting out 
um, have been fantastic. So hat hat tip to the uh, creative team over uh, at, U- on that side, for sure. at, at UF. But um, trying to get the Jumpman logo jumping with cleats on plexiglass. Not a great, not a great move. Not not a great thought process for the move. And then obviously the execution uh, turned out as you would expect, jumping with cleats on plexiglass. Yeah, it's a t- tough look. I know uh, Miami fans got a laugh at it. Uh, I know John Ruiz got a laugh at it too. Um, so are we going to flip course, their stock still in Talking the dump. Still Dan. don't have financials. Uh, uh, just come a, to just that a tough look. Come to that segment, Dan. How is your retirement fund uh, in life wallet looking? As of the other day, we were down fifty four point zero five percent. I haven't looked today. Life uh, pocket. I'm sure we'll Dan, be down you know again. what? Take a day off. Take a day off yeah, from no looking. Wallet. Enjoy your Monday. Just put that change in your pocket. You'll need a wallet for that. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna I'm gonna have to work additional Mondays in my life because of this failed stock. Mm. Um, shout out to uh, the guy in the comments too, saying that uh, uh, chance is not flipping. He's just playing a game. Plus, mm. y'all offense going to be terrible this year. Mm. Um, Sounds good. Grammat- grammatically, a, a tough sentence to read out loud, uh, but <laughs> you know, they, they offense struggled to cross the fifty last year. You yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Van Dyke was a, a top 10, top 15 first round pick, and he's most likely going to be doing something outside of football uh, when this season is over with. So uh, Miami offense has got a lot to, to figure out. They fired the offensive coordinator out the year one as well. Um, mm-hmm. So you guys figure that out. And and you're taking three-star uh, quarterbacks named Judd the Dud. Uh, and we have uh, Santa Carlos like Lagway, who Chance Robinson really wanted to play for yeah. and play with. Yeah, um, but but while you're here, new king underscore God, please make sure you hit that like <laughs> and subscribe button. What a name! Uh, click click on an ad too while you're at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, help yeah. us out, keep the program rolling. Subscribe to the channel, uh, man. Show yeah, subscribe while you're here. Are you here hating? Yeah, shout out to Harrison Sanchez. Miami's going to finish 97th in the ACC. Um, all right, yeah, boys, help, let's help Stadium and Gale out. We uh, yeah, yeah, help Stadium and Gale the, out. The podcast uh, notably is uh, invested in Life Wallet, uh, so we need to. Keep the lights on. Uh, click the ads. <laughs> Use our codes. We had to make up for Dan's terrible investment. Uh, yeah, terrible with, investment. With company funds. But unlike Life Wallet, Stadium <laughs> Gale has been man. profitable each okay. and every quarter it's been around. So shout <laughs> okay. out to us. Uh, let's give a uh, a quick thank you to our friends Sorry over at Home Wallet. <laughs> Home Field Apparel. Uh, go visit them. They have uh, a whole slew of Florida Gators things up there. Uh, probably have about 80 different schools now. Really the best in the vintage gear out there. Uh, nice soft cotton uh, T-shirts. Uh, they have golf, track and field, football, some of the old retro logos as well. So go check them out, homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale, and you will get 15% off of your order. Again, homefieldapparel.com, promo code Stadium and Gale. Big uh, threads, man. Best threads in the game. Best threads in the game. Uh, Want to give a quick thank you to uh, our friend Zach Albaverde over at On3. Uh, he put together the list of all the preseason magazines uh, that are out so far. Uh, Lindy Sports and Athlon Sports. Kind of want to get your all's thoughts um, here based on uh, based on this feedback. And Nick, I think you're going to be excited about Lindy Sports all SEC picks. Uh, but SEC prediction for them are fourth in the East. Uh, 32 overall in the country. Um, does that sound about right to you? Uh, they have Florida, Tennessee, and South Carolina ahead of Florida in the East. What are your thoughts there? 
I'm I'm a little bullish on Tennessee. I'm not a Joe Milton fan. Um, mm-hmm. I think if that Joe boy Milton, is not coming in this form and getting no dub. Listen, not, well, no. listen to this. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's tough. But if if I've seen Joe Milton at Friday Night Lights when he was in high school, I've seen Joe Milton at Miami. I've seen Joe Milton at Tennessee. If Joe Milton has a good year this year, hat tip to Josh Heupel because that that the offense is just going to continue to churn out very good system quarterbacks. But I, I don't believe that Joe Milton in, it gets Tennessee to where Hooker had it. Um, and that's their first road game down in the swamp. Should be a great environment. Um, I'm not big on Tennessee. Uh, if I'm proven wrong, then – um, I'm gonna I'm gonna owe Josh Heupel an, an apology, but um, I don't know that I would put Tennessee ahead of Florida. I think Kentucky's a tougher matchup for Florida earlier mm-hmm. in the year than Tennessee is. Devin Leary at quarterback there with Kentucky. Uh, his all SEC pick. Sorry, um, he said Florida had a losing record with Anthony Richardson, and it could be hard to improve without him. He was both very high and he was both very low on Anthony Richardson as a quarterback, but very high on the idea that Florida wouldn't be better. Um, they're all SEC picks. Jeremy Crawshaw, second team. Montreal Johnson, third team, and Desmond Watson, third team. Sound about right. All of this sounds like rubbish. It it listen, like brother. Rubbish. It, it it was it was a tough. Listen, brother. It was it was a tough. Uh, it was a tough year for us uh, in the punters of people movement. Yeah. Um, Billy Billy moves greasy with these like second and ten. Hey, let's pick up a little four yard run because we're going for it on fourth. Uh, so Jeremy Crawshaw wasn't even available for punting awards last year until like uh, late November. Because mm. it just doesn't give him enough opportunities. Um, Do you think that's a lack of faith in him or just the type of offense they I, call? I think that's just the type of offense they call. Because mm. people, like, as we got later in the year, you know, people were like, this play calling sucks because you're running like a draw on second and 10. I'm like, they're running a draw on second and 10 because they want third and seven. Because then if they have third and seven, they can get to fourth and three and they can go for it on fourth. That's right. Like it, we're, they're just. A lot of a lot of the things handicapped. Not a punter friendly offense. No, but the offense was also handicapped by some of the throws that Anthony Richardson could make, right? Um, so like the play call and the situations also was, was catered around like he he he's not the best with touch passes like swing passes and you know his slants come in super hot that could turn into an interception. They would that those weren't the easiest to catch. So I think a lot of play calling was predicated around not just like trying to get the fourth down, but you know, going by your skill set of your quarterback catering towards what he what he's good at. Mm-hmm. But um overall, like I like the guys take that with the court there is a quarterback drop off, but overall team, we improved our entire defense. We couldn't we didn't lose games last year because right. uh, Anthony Richardson. We lost games because we couldn't stop a nosebleed for the most part, man. We, we there's another three, four games we left on the field that we could have won if we had any type of defense and we haven't mm-hmm. had any type of defense the last two years. So I think the biggest difference this year is going to be we have a defense, our depth in the, in the trenches, uh, leadership at linebacker. I think we're going to stay on point with uh, – we lost Ventrell, but bringing in um, Mitchell, um, mm-hmm. Taraje Mitchell from uh, Ohio State is going to be a plus. Uh, I think we're going to be fine straight down the middle. We've got to solidify mm-hmm. some things at safety, but our defensive backs are going to be on point. Overall, defense is going to be better and going to give us a chance. Um, so I think we got better overall as a team, um, but we, we are going to have a drop-off at quarterback. 
But we need Graham Mertz just to be uh, misdemeanor Mertz, hit the, the easier throws, run through the offense, depend on the running game. If our offensive line is healthy throughout the year, uh, they could take this whole little article, the five wins mm-hmm. uh, uh, over under. They take all that and shove it. If our overline is healthy, I think we're going to be able to run the ball, make easy, simple throws, and play some defense, get eight wins. Absolutely. Um, a name that I was surprised that they didn't mention on those all-SEC picks, uh, a few of them, uh, Princely. Uh, Cam Jackson, you know, certainly I think guys that could uh, make that list. I'm high on Princely. Yep. I think Ricky Pearsall's a guy. Um, Shout out to Ricky with the Duncan, bro. Like, where that come from, man? What? (laughs) They put Jack Hollow on White Man Can't Jump. They should have called Ricky. Good (laughs) NIL deal, bro. Oh, man. Uh, Let's see. And then at Athlon Sports, Predict the Gators to go five and seven, uh, number 49 uh, in the preseason ranking. Eight of the 12 teams on the Gators uh, schedule are ranked higher. Um, let's see Montreal Johnson, Austin Barber, Princely, Shamar James, Jason Marshall, and Jeremy Crawshaw, all third team SEC picks for them. Uh, Austin Barber is another name that I think could, could shine this year uh, as well. Um, but again, you know, kind of the same, same tone and tenor, three and five in the SEC, uh, fifth in the SEC East. Uh, so obviously the magazines, and I know we're still waiting on Phil Steele's article. Uh, but again, Silk, I think you hit the nail on the head. Defense is going to be markedly improved or should be markedly improved uh, from uh from last year. Uh, So that is certainly something that we will keep an eye out for. Uh, But the uh, magazines are not high on the, uh, the Florida Gators uh, this season. And then finally, as we get to the end of the show here, I do want to give a quick shout out. Todd Golden, uh, men's basketball coach and Kelly Ray Finley on June 20th will be here in the Pinellas Gator club uh, meeting, but Todd Golden, another, uh, another big weekend for the golden era here. Uh, the Gators <clears throat> grab Julian Rishwain from uh, the University of San Francisco. Uh, he obviously was there when Todd Golden was there, a noted three-point shooter. Uh, and then uh, that adds to the Gators' number one transfer portal class. And then John Bull, uh, the Gators grab a seven-foot-two player, the number 23rd overall player in the country for the class of 2024. Portal God Todd. Portal God Todd, Todd getting it out the mud. It don't matter how it comes, man. <laughs> Todd, Todd, Todd said, I told that thing too, man. Todd, Todd gets it from anywhere. Todd's Whoa. Todd's oh, popping caviar, oh, getting it out of the caviar tin, getting it out of the mud. Todd's just moving. Yes, yeah, sir. Got him a shooter. Got him a big man real quick like that, man. I'm ready to start lying. Like, this is, in my, in my mind, like, this is Sweet 16 team minimum. Todd got to come through and, you know. Let some shots off, man. But love the basketball recruiting. You can't, regardless of whatever happened in first season uh, as the head coach, you can't win games without talent acquisition. So right now, Todd is in his bag with uh, acquiring talent. Love it. It was a it was a tough look for football. Uh, baseball typically is uh, you get recruits. Florida's got like twenty twenty six kids that are, rec- are committed and and will be in the class. Uh, baseball got to commit this week from a uh, late bloomer <laughs> pitcher. Todd's pulling whatever he wants from the portal, uh, and and, and football's losing guys. So tough look. For oh no, we got football. we got some good PR on the way, Nick. You just sit tight, man. Good, good PR on the way. Great PR should be today. Might be today. Y'all stay Woo! tuned, but I think you know you got to keep some good PR in your tuck. So. 
And then the Gators golf program, uh, not to be forgotten about as well, grabbed a, uh, a commitment as well, I believe from, um, let's pull it up. I think it's Cal State Long Beach. Um, Long Beach State. Long Beach State. Uh, Ian Gilligan, uh, who is a 2022 Big West freshman of the year, 2022 all Big West first team player. So golf's going to keep at it. So um, congrats to, uh, to our boy J.C. Deacon. He um, is continuing. Bro, he hit him, with, he hit him with the belly emoji. So J.C. Deacon, Deacon hit the uh, – yeah, hit him with the Billy emoji. He got shades his. Uh, he hit the the smiling shades emoji. He got his guy from the portal and pop popped out that emoji real quick. Uh, let's see. Um, I think that that ends what we have for this week. Obviously, a lot of visitors again this upcoming weekend. Uh, gentlemen, any uh, any final thoughts uh, before we head out of here today? There should be some commits this week. It yep. should be commit watch. Uh, Blake spoke about Mike Williams out of South Carolina. Uh, we may get a couple guys in the trenches. Um, still got an eye on Walter Matthews. He may decide here soon. Who knows? But uh, whether it be USC or Florida, but I think there's a offensive line, defensive line, tight end type vibes, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, and also we, we talk about Austin Simmons. He made a trip out to Ole Miss um, for a three day visit. We brought him back into Gainesville for for three days with mom, dad. I think we re-solidified some things, so we should get some news uh, from Austin Simmons and possible reclassification. We'll see what's up, um, but that, that's some positive PR that we should have on the way for the casuals, man. You know what I'm saying? But oh, we got a quarter, a new quarterback. Like that, that'll hit different. You gotta have some good PR in your pocket. <laughs> gotta have Nick, any. Uh, you any gotta have some. Non-updates that seem like updates for the casuals? For the casuals, man. They just see we got a new quarterback coming in 2023, reclassified and all that. Oh. Yeah. Billy's working hard, man. Billy's working hard. Let's see. I think that that, um, that uh, closes things out. Oh, I see that UCF hired a new baseball coach, mm -hmm. Nick. I thought they were going after Joe Girardi. Wasn't that the news on the Chuck? On the <laughs> Cut it out, man. <laughs> that was nuts. There was a UCF baseball account. Yeah, that said uh, the uh, the Golden Knights have narrowed in on Joe Girardi as their new baseball manager. Um, obviously did not get Joe Girardi. Got somebody <laughs> that coached with uh, with uh, Link Jarrett, I think, at, at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. um, oh, things you love to see. For what the is Joe Girardi doing game. these days? Is he being coaching? <clears throat> like, what's up? What do you got well, Joe Girardi, uh, so the, the rumor in college baseball is that Joe Girardi was considering UCF. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. Joe Girardi's son plays at FIU, and Joe Girardi was named as someone who is interested in the UCF job. The Miami job opened up, and about an hour later, uh, Joe Girardi's name was all of a sudden out of the running, not interested in UCF. Um, you realize uh, UCF wasn't in the big three. Yes. Well, UCF will be in the Big 12 next year, which might be better than the conference the other two schools are in. That's a fact, Jack. All right, let's give one quick final shout-out to our friends over at Alumni Hall. Go visit them, alumnihall.com. Um, it's almost that time where you need to start gearing up for football season. Go visit them there in beautiful Archer Road in Gainesville as well. Uh, but alumnihall.com. Tell them Stadium and Gale sent you. 
Um, you won't get a discount, but you might get a nice friendly smile behind the counter. Uh, appreciate you guys supporting all of our sponsors. Uh, gentlemen, I think that takes us to the end of the show. Nick? One last oh. shout out. One, one, oh. last, one last request. If you're in Atlanta, the North Florida area, anywhere in Georgia, uh, pull up on us. We're going to be at the Trap Music Museum doing a media day, July 6th. Uh, we have Ernest Graham, Tony George, uh, Johnny Rutledge, uh, Miles Graham going to come through with Pops. I uh, got some more Gators. Janoris Jenkins going to pull up. So if you're in the Atlanta area, uh, even if you know some Seminole fans or some dog fans, or some Hurricane fans, tell your friends to pull up. Uh, we're going to have some canes and some, some nose there as well. But we're doing our very first media day, a lot of live content, um, giveaways, raffles, merch. There's a bar inside. DJ, we're gonna be kicking it, man. Also shooting our vlog. So pull up, hang out with us, show some love. That's it. I love it. All right, Nick, you have song of the week, so take us out, and uh, we'll see you guys at the same corner, same time next week. Um, I'm gonna go with uh you'll probably correct me on the name if the last name's wrong here, Dan. Uh Ride the Lightning by Warren Ziders. Sounds right. Zeters, Ziders, Zeters. Go with the first one, bro. Boom. Yeah, whatever you sound more more confident in is the yes. one that we'll go with. Sounds, um, sounds better when I start saying it with a question mark at the end of it. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's right. You're not uh, sure. We're not going to be sure, bro. You, got <laughs> you just have to have confidence in your voice, Nick. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see you guys all next week here. Make sure that you like and subscribe. Make sure you support the advertisers, and we will see you guys same corner, same time next week, unless some big news pops up, and we'll do it yeah. in a uh, – a pop-up show for you guys. See you from Candlewood Suites in Omaha, Nebraska. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do the show from. Uh, maybe I'll do a, the show from the uh, Council Bluffs Casino. There you casino, go. Dude. Things you love in, to in Iowa, just across the river. Beautiful Iowa. Yeah. Ugh. All right, boys. See you guys next week. Hold it down. Zotters. got a package. Said I was born on the wild side One foot in the flames and the other trying to walk the line Can't say I never saw it coming, I can see the warning signs Mom always said I was born on the wild side I guess mama was right Cause when the clock strikes midnight Gonna ride the lightning, feel the thunder Till the darkness pulls me under Gonna fly on wings of fire Breathing good, Lord, lifts me higher Singing, oh, when they call me home Singing, oh, when they call me There's a man in a black coat standing at a crossroads With a pen in his hand and a long list of lost souls They say flips a corn forge that a fool's gold There's a man in a black coat standing at a crossroads I hope he lets me pass by
When they 